Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and here with me, socially distant, wearing a mask, of course, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. I know uh, we had a few months where we, the shows we did were kind of, uh, you know, we're, I was calling in and things like that, but it, it's good to be able to be back here, you know, following the, the protocols that have been set in place, you know, at a distance with masks on, like you said. So, but it's good to be here. It, uh, the show is just a lot different when we're actually in the same room. So yeah, yeah, and uh, we uh, we aren't alone tonight. We no. have a special guests with us right now, and we have another one joining us later. Uh, but at the moment, before we dive into some uh, housekeeping and announcements, we do want to uh, welcome and introduce everyone to Wilson's head athletic trainer, Kiernan Melagrana. Kiernan, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Justin, for having me. Well, we look very forward to diving into a wide range of topics with you this evening, obviously all surrounding the ongoing uh, pandemic here, and what does it mean for the health and safety of our student-athletes and the uh, advancing, or we hope approaching, maybe, uh, fall athletic season, but we'll see. We've got a lot of questions from um, our listeners and the community, and we'll be covering that all with Kiernan here in just a few moments. So first up, um, we just want to make sure that we thank our sponsors of the Bulldog Hour, continue to be uh, May's Sandwich Shop, and you heard the video advertisement just now from Small Player Big Play, and that is a great platform with an app available on both iPhone, uh, Apple devices, as well on Google and Android devices, and um, should a fall sports season happen. There, there's a chance you may be watching some contests um, in the, the surrounding area, not just in Berks County, uh, but a few uh, schools have started to utilize, utilize small player big play. 
And um, I know Wilson is working behind the scenes on the potential for increased streaming uh, opportunities. Uh, nothing is set in stone. They haven't picked a platform, but uh, small player, big play is out there for others to use. And, you know, it's free to, to, to download and um, there's a lot more information available uh, inside the app. So definitely go and check that one out for sure. Um, we are going to have another show. We think next week it will be live and uh, we will uh, hopefully have another interview, but we'll see what happens. And uh, if you'd like to support us, there's multiple ways you can do that. Sponsorship and advertising, in-kind donations, visiting the website bulldoghour.com, and then Justin's favorite, spreading the word. Yeah, like and share. And that is the best way to do that. And we hope that everyone um, will do that on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So, uh, Justin, do you have anything to add before we dive into these interview questions? Uh, no, I'm ready to go. Okay. Um, oh, I do have one more last announcement. Sorry, before we move on, I want to make sure that I get this out there. Um, the, the Wilson Football Parents Organization is still soliciting sponsors for this season, for the program. Uh, you know, if the season is shortened, if it doesn't happen in the fall, if it doesn't happen at all, it's completely uh, up in the air at the moment. But we do want to uh, propose to everyone the opportunity to support the Wilson Football Parents Organization in their endeavor to um, make the football players' senior season a um, you know something to remember, regardless of what happens on and off the field. And there's a, a few ways you can do that. And they are extending the deadline for their program advertising. You can get more information here. I have it on the screen for you right now. Uh, and I will have these forms posted uh, this evening and or by tomorrow. And you can download the information on how you can support the WFPO and our, uh, our football program via advertising and in-kind donations. And everyone would really appreciate anyone that can do that. And, and, and we know that it's been tough times for everyone. But if you're interested in that, I'll have the information on the website later this evening. All right. So where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So all right, well, let's uh, just do a little, little history here with, with Kiernan and uh, introduce her to everyone. I'm sure most of you have seen her at a variety of sporting events around the, uh, the calendar, but we uh, have been blessed with the presence of Kiernan now for since 2001, I believe. Is that right, Kiernan? Yep, fall of 2001. And uh, Kiernan uh, most recently became Wilson's head athletic trainer. That was a good year at Wilson. 2001. Right? <laughs> I guess some of you may have graduated around then, right? <laughs> Uh, Around then, yeah. Or, or we're still playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kiernan was recently promoted to head athletic trainer after uh, uh, John Moyer retired after 41 years. So first off, Kiernan, congratulations. We're, uh, we're happy that uh, you were the one to assume the position. It's well-deserved. Oh, thank you so much. Um, first off, Justin, there was an interesting question that you had come up with um, about presenting questions from parents to Kiernan. Okay, I think yeah. That's, I think that's the first one that we, we okay. start with. So. Yeah, so one of the things that, you know, uh, Joe kind of alluded to it 
um, that there's a lot of things up in the air, obviously. And so we understand that. But I was just wondering if parents or other people, um, but I was mostly focusing on parents here, have gotten uh, in contact with you, like what have been their biggest questions or their feedback on the way things have been progressing? I'm going to say essentially since like the beginning of July, when basically um, the health protocols and everything that the school developed went into play. So like what, what feedback or questions have you been getting from parents? Honestly, it's kind of shocking, but I have not really been questioned at all by any parents. Most of the interaction that I've had has been with our coaching staff um, and our athletic office. Um, Even in the off chance, while I run into parents, obviously with both of my kids being involved in various levels of Wilson sports, but nothing really has come up and no one has emailed or called or really picked my brain about anything, which is a little bit shocking to me. Yeah. Now I think some of that may be like, at least at Wilson, like, I knew like once, once the protocols and things had been approved and everything, I knew if, if I wanted to look at them, they, they were there. I could, I could go, um, from like the coaching standpoint, I feel like, you know, uh, as we were kind of talking about before the show, there's been a lot of changes and adjustments and it's kind of ever evolving. But in terms of like, when we need to know information, it seems like it's made pretty clear to us what exactly the expectation is. So, I mean, I, I think that's a positive on, like, a positive note maybe for the development and the implementation of the uh, protocols, I guess, that it wouldn't leave as many open-ended questions on the back end. And uh, so, I mean, good job with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think it's been communicated. You know, Karen Troutman has put things out there. It's on the athletic website. Our coaches know it has been gone out to parents. It's gone out to athletes. Um, you know, we want everyone to know exactly what the plan is and how they can help and follow through. So. Exactly. Exactly. And, and like you said, I, I feel like, you know, from the standpoint of where, you know, there are so many unknowns, it has been, it at least has been a, a positive in terms of uh, the, the level of communication. I know it doesn't always come out as, as quickly as uh, people would like, but in my experience is so far, I feel like um, they're taking the time to make sure that they've, they've got a solid plan, they've thought it through, and then when they know, they kind of uh, are, are going full steam ahead with that said and developed plan, um, which again, I, I can only imagine it, it gets a little frustrating as, uh, you know, when, when you develop a plan and then you have to kind of change it multiple times in, in any given week, but... Um, you know, for the most part, I'm sure it's, it has stayed intact. What what have been some of the challenges with maybe developing uh, that plan? Um, obviously, it was just creating something for like an unknown set of circumstances. I mean, the guidance that was coming out was regularly changing. Um, there were some really great things, though, that came out of this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Um, there's a really large group of athletic trainers in Pennsylvania that we've been Zooming weekly Um, And we kind of all worked together on developing a plan that we based off of the National Federation of High Schools, the info that came out from the PA Department of Education and the Department of Health. Um, So people were sending things back and forth, like snippets of documents they were working on for their own schools. 
And we kind of were able to pull from the things that we liked and eliminate things that we didn't and really model something into our own. So Drew and I worked really closely on nitpicking everybody else's document to make the Wilson document what we wanted it to look like. That's awesome. And I, I feel like that kind of uh, a little bit reflects kind of the, the mode, at least from the teacher standpoint back in the spring. Um, I'm sure, you know, you know, with uh, Mr. Mel, you, you probably got a glimpse of that as well. Like kind of like the, the adjusting, but there were so many things to kind of draw from and, and kind of see what other people were doing. And I like that, or I would change this and that. And um, yeah, that, that sharing of information is definitely uh, key. And, and one of the big parts uh, that hopefully, you know, as this continues, that's one of the things that hopefully we can kind of continue to work on. Um, let's see. When we, when we look at things, I, I know that, you know, the spring was obviously very different. Um, as we get to the summer, um, it can be, you know, I know football ramps up and, and the other sports ramp up a lot too. And I'm sure, I know it gets really busy, but then when we get to the official start of practices and everything, it usually changes gears again. And then it even hits a different stride when, when you get to school. What, what do you anticipate or like, well, I'm trying to think how to better phrase this. So with the way things you, you have like worked out right now for the summer, how do those protocols uh, get adjusted, I guess, when we go to all the sports are there pretty much every day? And then how does that plan uh, adjust again once we get to uh, like school is in session? Uh, really, the plan doesn't change. The plan is the same. Um each individual sport is doing their own sanitization. Um, they're bringing their own water. Um, you know, obviously our maintenance and grounds, you know, facility cleaning will need to be amped up because currently we're not using locker rooms and things like that um, for social distancing purposes, et cetera, until all the kinks are worked out with that. But the plan is going to be the same. It's pretty much just going to be on overdrive. Like you said, there'll be more cleaning, more, um, more overseeing of things, um, watching the kids coming and going, things are still going to have to be staggered. The athletic training room is not going to look the same because I will not be able to fit the sheer volume of athletes in there that would have normally been in there for an after school rush. So there are going to be some differences. There may be scheduling up times for visits, you know, into the athletic training room, but I think the whole general practice, you know, will go the same. And really at these voluntary workouts, I would say the majority of the teams have had like near perfect attendance, I would think of, you know, numbers of kids. That, that And that's good to hear. And also I think it's important for the kids and, and teams to kind of get used to what, um, what those protocols are going to be so that there is less confusion or, you know, holdups when, when they have those adjustments as, as schedules change, I guess that's going to be one of the major things as schedules change, uh, in the, in the coming weeks, you know, with, with the start of school and, uh, as practices ramp up and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. I can't really speak on that yet. Cause I don't even know how that's going to look. Cause we haven't even made right. it that far yet. We're still in that optional workout phase and right. I feel like that's going well and I don't want to jump the gun. Right. I, I have a saying that, that some people at school have kind of laughed at me about, but sometimes I just say that's a problem for future Justin. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll just say that's a problem for future Kiernan. Not, not that you're not giving thought to it, but just oh, we'll, right. we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Some things just can't be 
you don't know what's going to happen until we're actually in it. And I will figure it out when we get there. Right. And, you know, and maybe, maybe this will be a year where we have uh, extra healthy student athletes, you know, less, you know, bumps and bruises and and twists and all those things. Just, uh, you know, if, if ever there was a year where we could use it, this year would be it. Right. Yes, definitely. (laughs) What was, I'm back now. So we're having some weird audio issue that was only happening for people watching. We are not hearing it here or with you. So I was trying to fix that. So I'm back now. Uh, Hopefully it's fixed. Um, but what was, um, was there a certain part of, uh, Wilson's health and safety extracurricular plan, um, that, that you personally, or, or someone insisted on including that maybe wasn't present in the state guidelines, or is it pretty much what, what the state put out? That's what was adopted. No, we pretty much went with what the state put out. We adopted, um, the only thing that was in there that was kind of not really up for debate, but came up that we discussed, um, was competing against other schools during these summer workouts. Um, you know, normally we would have scrimmages or seven on sevens versus other schools. Um, I felt pretty strongly that I did not want us to do that. I, I felt that we should be grateful for even being able to get out onto the field. Um, and I wanted to keep us as safe as possible in a controlled environment and bringing in other teams who, you know, I wasn't quite sure what their screening process was or what they were requiring at their school. Um, I just really didn't feel that that was necessary at this point. I didn't want to put us at risk. So, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. So it, yeah, I I think, I think that that sounds like a good idea. And like you said, you know, this is, this is new for everyone, but to, to be able to at least control as many of the variables as long as we can, that's, that, that seems like a key thing um to to finding success with all of this that's what i was hoping for and obviously we um are seeing that wilson's plan has so far been very effective uh there's been no reports of any issues at least that has been made aware of publicly and the way everyone's been on top of this uh it, it seems that everything's worked really well how has the response been with uh, the, the the coaches and the student athletes uh, that you have uh, witnessed or, or or informed about the plan? It's been really great. Um, it's kind of a giant team effort. Coaches are pitching in and cleaning and you know sanitizing, and we're in regular communication all the time. Um, that athletes seem fine with everything. They're wearing their masks. They're bringing their own water. They're bringing their waivers. Um, it's going pretty much as smoothly as you would hope it would go at this point. And the, one of the bigger thing that, that has come, uh, has come to light recently and people are really starting to focus on is everyone is talking about the, the safety of, of an athlete physically, their physical makeup, but not too many people, at least outwardly have been focusing on what it's going to do to the mental health of, of student athletes who are, May, may or may not be in class full time, may have to do more virtual learning and could see uh, their extracurriculars, be it uh, athletics or some form of, uh, of arts or clubs also taken away from them. Have, have you been dealing with any form of uh, mental health with the student athletes yet? Uh, what I've been doing actually is back in the beginning of quarantine while I was trying to figure out, you know, what I could do to work on while home. Um, the National Athletic Trainers Association, the NATA, had a big focus on mental health in the secondary school athlete. 
So they had a mental health, they don't, they call it a wellness screening, which I kind of adopted and tweaked um, and amended and made a Wilson version of it. And just a couple of weeks ago, I piloted it out to our boys soccer team and our girls field hockey team. And my goal is to get it out to the rest of our high school teams probably this week. And it's just a quick Google, Google form survey, anonymous, uh, for them to answer these questions. And I'm the only one that gets to view the responses. It's totally voluntary. Um, but I got some good responses. There's some COVID questions about, you know, how do they feel? Do they feel like they're at risk for, you know, getting COVID while playing? Or are they worried about their season getting cut short by COVID? Um, which obviously is a concern for this age group. But there has been an increase in the suicide rate in the high school age athlete throughout these last five months with, you know, sports shutting down in school. So it's something that I'm very passionate about and will continue to work on with our, our athletes to make sure that they're okay, both physically and mentally. That That's excellent because that's yeah. really the first time I've heard anyone say that they've already been working on it before anyone kind of brought up that fact. And I mean, it's obviously it's important to make sure that everyone's physical well-being is taken care of because that's what everyone's focusing on. But these kind of secondary issues that are coming up now. Um, it, it's great to know that you, you and the, the, the um, sports medicine staff are, have been on top of that. Thank you. All right, Justin, do you have any more to throw in there? I can, uh, I, I can jump in too. You, you feel free to jump in. I, I got, I got my chance. I got my questions yeah, in. So yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, fix. I still don't know that I completely fixed it. Apparently it's something to do when we have the video running of, of you and I at the same time. Okay. So we're going to stick with some static screens. If uh, the audio stays good that way. Um, but we have a few more questions here. We've got about five, 10 minutes left with Kiernan before we welcome in uh, coach Doms. Uh, so Kiernan, there's been a lot of, um, you know, s school input, but also at the, um, the the state government level and, and everything in between. Have you been involved on any other advisory committees for other programs or institutions outside of Wilson? Um, really, the thing that I'm, well, I also did over quarantine was I took a five-hour contact tracing course that Johns Hopkins put out, and I took a volunteer contact tracing position for the county through Co-County Wellness. So, that was just something that I did on my own to really gain a little bit more of an understanding about the virus, its isolations, all of those things. Um, so I do that. And then, like I said, I've been zooming on these Pennsylvania athletic training calls and I've taken some other continuing ed COVID related courses, you know, throughout the last couple months. Uh, one of the, um, the bigger uh, guidelines coming out was recently was the, uh, PIAA's return to competition document that uh, came out in the last few months. Uh, uh, one of the main focuses of it was the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee. Um, were, have you reviewed their uh, recommendations and do you have any comments or opinions on what the PIAA put out through the SMAC? I think that the SMAC committee did a great job, like going through the sports, you know, breakdown and trying to put out the best possible way for us to safely return our athletes to sports for the fall. And uh, recently, especially in the last week, there's been a lot of back and forth between the, the PIAA and the state. Uh, do you have any comments or opinions on what you heard the belly aching between the two of them? Um, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, right now I'd say I'm glad for the opportunity that the kids are still going to get two more weeks. Um, to be together 
And I sure hope that we have some sort of fall sports season um, sooner rather than later. Um, I really don't know how optimistic I am at this point, but I will be grateful to be at work the next two weeks. From a, a sports medicine athletic trainer perspective, what are your thoughts on a condensed and consolidated school athletics calendar if they would push everything to the spring, kind of try to cram all of the sports from January through like June next year? I'd be interested to see how it could work. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I would rather see the kids have an opportunity to do it rather than miss out entirely. Um, I would be willing to work with However, I would be concerned that there may not be breaks in between seasons for our three sport athletes, our coaches that coach multiple sports, like how that would be for them. But I mean, if it's all or none, and that's the way that we get to have sports participating at Wilson, then I say, go for it. All right, that, and that's kind of a lead into here. We'll kind of get to these big ones that people I'm sure want to hear the most is, do you... Um, believe Pennsylvania Scholastic Athletic and events can safely operate to start this school year? I mean, I can really only speak for Wilson now, and I think we've done a great job of it. Now, throwing transportation and all of that other kind of stuff into it, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen, and it really would depend on how well everyone continues to follow the guidelines that are out there, both while at school and while out and about. So, um, you know, I, I hope it could. And I mean, I think we're doing everything we can on our end to make it safe. Um, but we don't get to make the decision. What has been your professional exposure to the coronavirus outside of the, the health and safety plan that you helped develop? Uh, have Has um, the, the athletic training community, have you had new certifications come out? Have there been, have you had the reader write journal entries? Have you had any firsthand observation of, uh, of COVID-19 or anything related? Not maybe not necessarily to athletics at Wilson. How is the, um, the, the greater uh, profession uh, dealing with it? Um, I mean, we had a Berks County zoom call the other day, and I can tell you that a lot of the other athletic trainers have mixed emotions about going back to school and going back to work um, for various reasons. Like they have younger children. Um, they just don't think it's right to have sports if they're virtual. Um, it's a tough sell. People are all over the place on the spectrum as far as how they feel about the safety and of them and their athletes. So, you know, it, it's really tough. And I think we're all kind of at different levels and I don't know that everyone's going to get onto the same page. Uh, second to last question here for you, Kiernan, uh, just kind of a, a larger, grander scale. What do you make of how the, uh, college and professional ranks are, are dealing with the, the pandemic and their attempts to possibly return to play or in some cases already returning to play um, about them canceling or delaying or choosing to operate in a bubble or maybe not having everyone focus in one area. Is there anything that stood out to you um, from the college or professional sports world? They have so much more to deal with. They've got people coming from all over the place, either different countries, different states. Um, you know, so each situation poses its own unique situation. And so I don't know that you can compare Wilson High School to, you know, the Big Ten or the ACC and all those things that those people are doing. Plus, you know, they have rampant testing available and things that we just don't have access to. So, I mean, I found it interesting. I'm following it. Um, 
I guess I get a little bit less optimistic each time I wake up and I see that someone else is canceling sports. Uh, the, the last thing we want to give you the opportunity to uh, do is uh, give a, a message to the community. You know, you've been talking with uh, student athletes and, and administration and at the board and coaches, but uh, the community at large, uh, you know, I think maybe would want to hear from from you and just um, what what do you have to say to them as they um, are kind of on the outside looking in as all these decisions are being made. Um, I'm just committed to do my best and I am going to be committed and concerned with the physical and mental well-being and the health of all of our student athletes and staff. And um, if sports are a go, I will be there 100% and I will take care of your children and athletes the best that I can. Well, thank you very much. That's a, a great way to end it here, Kiernan. The last thing I just want to say is uh, we mentioned right at the top when we started the interview about how you haven't uh, had specific uh, um, questions directed to, towards you. Um, is there a way people can get in contact with you that if they would have a specific question related to uh, a student athlete or a protocol or something, is there a good way to do that? Yeah, through school email is the best. Uh, Melkey at share.wilsonsd.org. All right. Well, Kiernan, thank you very much for taking time to join us this evening. We appreciate your input, and we certainly appreciate everything you've done over the last few months to uh, put the uh, put the uh, school at a place where they could hopefully safely uh, get kids back in the building and participating in uh, extracurricular events. Yeah, thank you, Kiernan. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Well, hopefully we can have you on again soon, and it's not related to anything about this. All right. That would, that would be great. Different topic would be nice. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So thank you very much, Kiernan. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. All right. So that was Kiernan Melagrana, the head athletic trainer at Wilson. And, you know, I think hopefully that clears up some of the questions that we've gotten. Uh, it definitely cleared up some of the questions that I had. Um, you know, just being able to kind of get a little more insight into the process. Um, like like it came up in in the interview, you know, I feel like Wilson, as they've come up with their, their protocols and all those things, did a pretty good job of putting it out there and explaining this is what we are doing, this is what our expectation is, you know, and, and so forth. And so I think that lends itself to fewer questions on, on the back end. I feel like they, they made it very clear to coaches, this is how things are going to be handled. Coaches, in turn, have to send that message to their athletes. Um, and it seems like that that message is is hitting home, uh, which is good, because like Kieran has said, like we can we have to do all the things we can do to control the things at Wilson, and that's the scope yep. of what Absolutely. we are able to do. And and honestly, and we talk about this all the time. It's it's that there is the sense of that personal responsibility there. Like you you are responsible for your actions in this, and uh, that that's kind of how it plays out. But it, it's good to hear of all the things that have been put into place and. Um, how things have worked out so far. All right. So, yes, thank you very much to Kieran. And I'll just um, apologize again. I have no idea what's going on with the audio when we have our cameras on. So we're just going to stick with the static images that appears to have solved the issue. That's probably what they want anyway. Well, yeah, they don't want to see us. Yeah. Why would they want to see us? Uh, but I don't want anyone to uh, see an image of it and, and, and then join and be like, oh, they're not broadcasting because it's just a generic <laughs> logo. Uh, but no, we are, we're here. Please listen. We just had a great interview with Kiernan. And now we're back for our second part to finish this episode of the Bulldog Hour. We are joined by Wilson football head coach, 
Doug Doms. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, and uh, congratulations to Kiernan on being appointed the uh, head athletic trainer. She's done a fine job with everything so far, and uh, hopefully she'll have a long stay with us. Yeah, it's I, every time I, I talk to her, I feel like I bring up that she started in 2001, and uh, I don't mean to uh, like point that out as a bad way. I'm just like, you've already been here. Like you, you know the ropes. This is a great place right. for you. You came at a great time, and now you've been here that long. Like it was just the natural progression of things, and I don't think we could be any happier with the way things worked out. Nope, I agree. All right, so, uh, coach, where to begin? Same uh, old, same old, same old, right, coach? Yeah, yeah. Just so we're ready yeah. to go here, right? He, he, climatization tomorrow, right? That's still happening. Yeah. Uh, that ain't happening. No, so <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster uh, over the last. Uh, I mean, it was a roller coaster for the previous two months at a minimum. I mean, you're probably dating back now five months where it all began. But in terms of fall scholastic events, uh, specifically focusing on sports and football, this last week wasn't exactly great and. What do you make of the uh, abrupt recent changes that came about? Um, how shocking were they to you that this now wasn't going to start on August 10th when we have been told, I think, twice in the last four weeks that, yes, we're starting August 10th? I think it was very disappointing. The kids have been anticipating it. And I think that the PIAA and Dr. Lombardi did a great job. All the schools had great safety protocols put into place and we've been working with them. And um, I thought that, and I'm sure Dr. Lombardi thought that everything was uh, moving along at a good rate and we were testing the waters and we would be testing the waters. And then uh, Governor Wolf from the 11th hour says, no, let's strongly recommend against it. And I think it kind of flew in the face of everything we've done. Yeah, it was incredibly surprising just because they had specifically drawn up plans for uh, athletics when we moved into the yellow and green phases. They just pretty much wanted every school to develop the uh, health and safety plan, which everyone does. We know we just talked to Kiernan in depth about uh, about Wilson's, and it's been so effective. Everything operated as normal, normal through July, and the PIAA talks twice about our, you know, are we moving forward? Yes, we're moving forward. We're going to do this. And uh, those announcements and the, the whirlwind 36 hours of follow really had people down. Uh, were you surprised by the PIAA's ruling to delay a decision two more weeks? Did you anticipate them to say we're moving forward or canceling? Did that, did that come as a shock to you? Um, I had confidence Dr. Lombardi would at least not accept the uh, strong recommendation without some further investigation into, uh, or at least further consultation with the powers to be. Uh, I think he has confidence in what we were doing. I think he has confidence. I know the Pennsylvania state football coaches have been in close talks with him uh, for all of this. And I think, you know, everybody's put in these plans and, and has followed them and then, they say, okay, you follow the plans, but too bad. So, you know, who knows? Now, with the if things would progress as scheduled, the Lancaster Lebanon League had already voted to delay the start of everything 
So you weren't going to be able to start tomorrow anyway, correct? That's correct. The OL delayed everything. Heat acclimation would have started August 31st. Uh, practice would have started then the, the following Monday. And then we would have had a scrimmage and then eligible to have our first game on the 18th of September. And had you and and Drew Kaufman, the athletic director, had you gotten to a point where you were working in scheduling of the scrimmage and, and the possibility of the one non-league game before crossover and the league schedule started? Had you even been able to take a breath and do that? Or is that still kind of up in the air? Well, the NOL, to make things simpler, said, this is who you're going to scrimmage, which I wasn't a big fan of. Oh. Because they we're going to scrimmage Cocalico. I assume they just did that from like a geographical standpoint. Yeah, it's okay. But I mean, Cocalico lost three big guns and they don't have the numbers we have. So it's not good for us from a JV wise in terms of getting a lot of kids involved. Uh, and then I know that Steve had talked to uh, Pat Tully at Governor Mifflin about the possibility of that first game still being a Wilson Mifflin game, but obviously there's some other things that have to happen. Mifflin has to shift their schedule. We have to make sure Martin Luther King isn't going to play, which I don't, I haven't followed. I don't know if the Philadelphia public league is canceled yet or not. They were suspended indefinitely and waiting input from the governor's office. Is that what happened there? Yeah. I know so, the pro Catholic league had been. Yeah. They, they made that decision. I think very similar to most of the other leagues delaying everything uh, two or three weeks. They were kind of with most of the other leagues like the LL and the mid pen. I kind of anticipated Burks to announce that as well. I guess they're meeting Tuesday this week, but with uh, PIAA and the, the state kind of at odds, uh, it doesn't make too much of a difference at the moment. Everything's on hold. Uh, right. Th that So if, things proceed like anticipated uh, with the two-week delay and things start up on August 31st. You mentioned that 918 being the first game now, so we would look to have probably a seven-game season then. That's correct. Okay, and uh, I know you mentioned uh, it sounds like the Martin Luther King game probably would be off. Uh, there's a potential for Mifflin. I know Mifflin is supposed to play Cedarcrest that night, but it's also been put out there that Cedar Crest wants to play Lebanon because that's their big, you know, rivalry right. game. And uh, just so happens that Mifflin and Cedar Crest are playing. So if Cedar Crest wants out of it, uh, Mifflin's right there for the taking, possibly. So that would be. I know a lot of people would would very much uh, like to see that happen in some some form, some fashion, whether it's at the beginning of the year, or the end of the year, Wilson Mifflin game. Um, it would be disappointing to not have one. Yeah, I, th I think, I mean, we obviously have to see what Martin Luther King is going to do. We have to see what Lebanon has to do. I mean, we're not the only ones in the uh, decision-making process. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's such a big rivalry game, although it would be kind of weird, such a big rivalry game without any fans in the stands. Yeah. Well, there's always ways around that. We'll, we'll, figure, <laughs> we'll figure that out when we get there. We can, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, but so I assume then the rest of the uh, schedule, which is was sort of dictated by the LL anyways, just stays in place. Uh, you do the crossover on the 25th at Mannheim Central, followed by five Section 1 games in the month of October. Correct. Okay. Um, what 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 are your personal feelings about this? Where where do you stand? Uh, do you support the fall athletics, not just football, 
continuing on a delayed schedule? Like, where where do you sit with your opinions on this? My, I think it would have been better to get started and use sports as a stepping stone because you know you're not putting a thousand people into a building; you're putting you know 50, 60, 70, 80 people on a field, and um, you know we're very much. Uh, conscious of social distancing, conscious of uh, masks, very conscious of all the you know sterility of and the COVID, the treatment for COVID. Jeff Simcox has done a great job, by the way, getting us all kinds of uh, antiviral products to use in the locker room on the equipment and everything. And our administration's been great as well. But I think I, I personally thought the sooner we start, the better. And then, I mean, that way, if if we run into a problem, we get three or four games and we have to shut down for a couple of weeks. We could do that and still play three or four more. But, uh, you know, we have to live with, you know, decisions of the powers to be. Uh, so um, hopefully, you know, we'll move ahead with the new schedule. Uh, how has your coaching staff and, and the students been at the, the voluntary workouts that started uh, last month? Um adapting to the changes and following the protocols of, have you had any issues? No, I mean, it's like anything else. They're, they're high school kids. So you have to constantly remind them of putting their masks on when they're not doing things and constantly remind them of social distancing. But uh, I mean, at least I look at, you know, if, if we don't have sports, what are they going to do? They're just going to hang out with their friends anyway, and they're not going to be socially distanced and they're not going to wear masks. So at least, you know, we have a couple of hours where we're controlling it a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's been, I think a lot of people focusing on, if you take away an environment that's controlled, you're just sending them out in two places that it's not controlled. And uh, why not keep them in a spot where you probably can keep them, uh, healthy and safe, but um, that's why we don't get paid to make those decisions, Justin and I. So I'll, I'll be honest, even, even as, you know, in lots of things, even when the decisions come up that, uh, you know, I may not always agree with, I am so thankful I don't have to make those decisions. <laughs> yeah. I can't even count the number of times I've said that over the last five yeah, months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess, what, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask, I, I know this is kind of setting the clock back a little bit, but uh, when you look at the spring, um, I know spring is, is a busy time for you with track. And, uh, you know, due to the success of, of Wilson track over the years, that has often run uh, late into spring. But I know football activities also kick up in, in the spring. Um, having missed that time, what, what effect or... Yeah, I guess what effect has that had on the team and on on coaching the team uh, not having that dedicated time that you typically have gotten in the spring? Well, obviously, we really miss spring ball where we get uh, for the for the varsity guys. Spring ball is more of a kickstart to refresh things in their minds and get them thinking football and you know, because they've already played a full season or two full seasons of it. So, but it gets them back and, you know, starts fine tuning a little bit. It's really big for the underclassmen though, because you know, now they get a pretty concentrated course in what's expected of them offensively and defensively. And then, you know, from there, we just kind of 
move along Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays until we hit camp. You know, when we go away to camp, that's four really intense days where three practices a day they're uh, going against other teams and they're doing our drills and they're you really it really drives home our offensive and defensive schemes. So we really miss that. So now we're, you know, the the varsity's behind and the JVs are way behind. And, you know, we're doing our best to move them forward, but, you know, you're very on a very limited time schedule. So, and then top that off with the fact that we weren't allowed to do any seven on sevens all summer against other teams. And I mean, when you're going seven on seven against yourself, you know, if your starters are out there, they're going against your twos. Well, that's not as good as going against another team's uh, players and another team's scheme. So, yeah, we're behind. So is everybody else. But I think this is going to be one of those years where, you know, we've always been a blue-collar team that, you know, we work our butts off in the weight room, we get ourselves into tremendous shape, and we execute the offense and the defense. And we're behind on that. So I think this is a year where a team that has a lot of natural ability but may not necessarily have the blue collar mentality is going to have a greater opportunity to win a lot of football games. So. Yeah, kind of more just like rolling the ball out there and, and playing. Um, right. Yes. You know, so you, you, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, oh, go ahead, Joe. If the um, so say the PIAA comes out and says we're going to take, you know, we're going to abide by the governor's wishes and we're not going to play anything till January 1st. Are you in favor of them trying to cram everything into, you know, January through June next year where they're just like, hey, we're going to take fall and we're going to put it in that like early spring time slot and we're just going to play, you know, 30 plus sports over the course of six months. Uh, is that something you'd be interested in or is that something you don't want any part of? It's kind of a last ditch scenario, but it's going to create a lot of problems. Uh, number one, uh, I mean, it, 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 we don't have a, a blue chip athlete this year, but hey, if you have a blue chip athlete that has com- committed to Penn State yeah. or Michigan or Ohio State, they might not let them play. I was going to say, look at all the times they tell the guys, hey, thanks. You know, we're glad you made Big 33 or something like that, but you're not playing, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. So they may not let them play. And then you run into, are they going to have playoffs or is it going to be just uh, a short league and done? Because if they have any kind of playoffs, you're running well into the start of the next season. And I would think the start of the next season is going to already run into the end of your season before. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, I guess they could go eight weeks and that's about it. But that eight weeks has to include your practice. Right. So it, it would be a real last ditch scenario. I mean, the colleges, you know, they talk about, and a lot of states have moved football to the spring, but those are all in the warm weather areas where they can, you know, stretch their seasons out and everything else. They don't have to deal with the winter. Yeah. Uh, Could you imagine trying to start football March 1st? Well, I just, I just think about, think about all those, those track practices that have gotten moved inside in the middle of March, you know, and then you're trying to have football. Yep. And then you throw in the colleges. I mean, the colleges can move it to the spring because they're all one sport athletes. Yeah. You know, affect them as much. Yeah. So um, one of the things I I wanted to talk about, and I I don't really want to like put you on the spot with it. Like, I'm not asking you to like name a starter here or anything, but, but 
with with having having a the starting quarterback last year was was a junior with Caleb, and so he's he's obviously going to be a senior this year. Um, with the craziness that has ensued in the spring and through the summer, is is at least that at least maybe a small consolation? I know a lot of years we have not had a returning starter at at quarterback, so is that maybe at least a small, uh, I guess you know, a positive. small positive on the potential that at least you have some guy returning in that position group that has some ex- starting experience um, on the team. It's actually very huge because, as I said, we missed all those seven-on-sevens all summer where you're working on timing and you're trying to figure out where the holes are in the secondary and you're trying to read coverages, you know, and having a guy that's done that, you know, has a full year under his belt. I mean, I look at uh, the one year we went to camp with uh, Colin Powers and he was (laughs) god-awful. At the end of camp, you know, he realized his shortcomings and he was starting to throw the ball in the money and throwing the ball in windows. He ended up having a heck of a year. He had a great year in 2015. Yeah. And if you take away all that seven on seven time and all that competition all summer long, and he was starting in the, you know, raw in the fall. Oh my gosh. We'd have been in trouble. (laughs) So, so he's to have a returning quarterback. Well, well, to, to flip the script there a little bit and, and not to necessarily talk about a, a, not so much a negative, but maybe a challenge. Um, I believe all five starters from the offensive line um, graduated last year, uh, at least the regular starters. Um, they did. So what, what, I mean, obviously that's a challenge. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what specifically are the challenges with not having the spring and summer and you're going to have five new starters on the offensive line. Well, some of the, one of the hardest the things to do, I mean, offensive line, people don't realize how difficult that is to play because um, blocking calls change uh, when they come out based on what the defense is doing. And then their reaction has to change based on what the defense does after the ball is snapped. Uh, their footwork is so important. So, you know, we spend a ton of time just on uh, recognition and technique uh, and footwork against ourselves, against other teams and drills. And, you know, we missed a lot of that. So um, it's a concern. I'm a, I'm a little concerned up front. I think we have some good athletes there. I think we have some people that down the road will be good football players on the offensive line. Uh, but, you know, it's a question of putting those – those skills that they haven't had as much time to practice to work. Not to um, compound the the issue (laughs) or anything, but you know, not only are you trying to replace the entire offensive line, you also have a a new offensive line coach um, with uh, coach Lorchak moving on, uh, becoming the head coach at Muhlenberg. Uh, Who are the guys that are stepping into the role and leading the offensive line now? Well, LCD is kind of in charge. Uh, little Coach Doms, as they call him, Brandon Doms, and he's been with us for, I want to say, ten years I was now. Say, yeah. got to be a, a decade. Yeah, and uh, so you know he's ready to go. And then we moved uh, Chase Godfrey over from defense to offense because it was a natural fit for him because he's more of an offensive person. Uh, so the two of them will handle the offensive line, and then. Uh, we brought Ryan Walber 
back to help Eric Bominer on the defensive line taking Chase's place. So I think we made some good hires there. Uh, it's just a question of time. Offensive line takes time. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Again, and, and repetitions. Repetition over and over and over yeah. again. So I'm sure you yeah. are happy to see um, the health and safety plan be adopted and things start on July 1st so you can get the, uh, the offensive line together with their, their new coaches. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the other thing that really hurts and you forget about it is, you know, we're, we work our butts off in the weight room and these kids missed March, April, May, March, April, May, and June. They missed four months of lifting. And when they came back, even though we had them on, you know, workout and lifting programs at home, it's not the same. They don't always have the facilities. So, you know, we lost a lot of strength there. And that's, you know, a, a big part of our team. Now, I believe that there's one uh, more addition to your coaching staff this year or a change in an addition. Uh, what does it mean to have a, a former uh, Wilson football player, Jamie Sands, on your staff now? Well, you know, Brandon Naples, who had been with us for a long time, just decided to step down. His daughters are, you know, getting involved in a lot of things. And, you know, he didn't have – he wanted to spend more time there. And uh, so uh, Jamie was uh, ready to come back. So uh, he came back and he brings a wealth of knowledge. He's, you know, he's got a lot of new ideas uh, that we were implementing some of them and blending them in with what we're doing. But – uh, he's intense. He's, uh, he's obviously a very good coach and, uh, it's just going to be a question of him adapting a little bit and us adapting to him and him adapting to us, but you know, uh, a very good addition. Excellent. Yeah. We're uh, happy to, uh, happy to have him back. And, uh, you know, he had been teaching at Wilson for a number of years, but coaching at a rival, but to have him back in the fold, I think is just a, a huge positive overall. Yep. So I think the last question that, that we have here for you is uh, there's been a, a lot of talk. We haven't been able to see in person. Um, we didn't get to have the spring practice or anything like that. The seven-on-sevens are all gone. But uh, I believe there's been a lot of returning players that are stepping up here their senior year that maybe didn't play last year or the last two years coming out as seniors. Um, can you talk about any of the, the guys that are back and maybe just for this last year, should they be able to play? Is, are, any, are there any names we should know? Um, there's a lot of possibilities. There's some good athletes and, and some potential there, but obviously until the pads go on and we really start hitting – I don't want to put the pressure on anybody. <laughs> that sounds sounds like a good idea. All right, but hop. but we'll be watching. Yeah, normally <laughs> normally we get to come to the seven on seven. We've been to the scrimmage, you know, things like that. We can we can start to see it with our own eyes. That's obviously not the case this year. But what about <laughs> some of the um, the returning players that are back from uh, a year ago and have been in the program? Uh, are there any others out there? Uh, you know, everyone knows about. Uh, Caleb and, and Troy and Mason uh, and then your guys on defense like like Jeffrey. Uh, is there anyone that uh, has been having a really strong summer that you think could have potential to have uh, a big season? Jaden Jones has had a good, you know, he's put on some really nice muscle and, and uh, has maintained his quickness. So, you know, obviously he'll share the running back duties with, uh, with Mason and he'll, you know, play outside linebacker for us. Uh, John Ramsey's put on some really nice weight at, at tight end and, you know, hopefully inside linebacker. Um, and then after that, you know, 
it's wait and see. Yeah. I mean, we have guys like Chase Walters who could have a big year for us. Um, Never know. We have a really nice sophomore crew, but I don't know that they're ready for varsity football. We've got a couple of nice freshmen, same thing. But, uh, you know, if we can get the seniors solidified and, you know, then you can sneak a couple of them in and surround them with good players and go from there. Yeah, we're so used to talking to you this time of the year. You know, we record our, you know, an hour interview with you and, and get everyone super pumped up for what's happening in the month of August. And it just feels like a little bit of a downer this year as we just are in a wait and see approach. But we do very much appreciate you taking time this evening to sit down with us, give us your thoughts and opinions, uh, both on um, the ongoing pandemic and its impact on scholastic sports and what we could possibly expect from the team this year uh is there anything uh you want to say to uh, the uh, community the the school the fans uh before we let you go well i just want to thank the fans thank the community to continue for continuing to support us hopefully uh the one thing i don't quite understand is you have a stadium that seats five thousand people i don't understand why you can't put a thousand fans in the stands and sit them six feet apart eight feet apart ten feet apart uh, yeah, uh, you you can direct your inquiries to the governor's office uh, in Harrisburg, or or Joe Mays. No, uh, Joe say. Joe Mays handles that department. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe Mays does not handle anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it would make a lot of sense if they would just say twenty five percent or say ten percent occupancy. You know, right in the stands. Yeah, well. But, Hopefully we'll get more clarity on that. I believe the next uh, PIAA meeting is August 21st, so a week from this coming Friday. I don't know if anything will come at, out of uh, discussions between uh, the organization and the state. Um, you know that the sports media will be all over it. Uh, Twitter was crazy over the, <laughs> the last few days, um, keeping things up to date. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be right there to report on it whenever things happen. And, obviously, uh, we'd love to have you back on the show in the, the coming weeks uh, uh, to talk about things that happen. Yeah, hopefully we get to talk lots of football stuff, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing I, I was glad to see is that uh, Van Reed and Lincoln Park are going to play a schedule, even though it's a limited schedule, because you don't want those kids to miss out, you know, because, the heck, they're playing all the other youth sports, so. Mm-hmm. Why not football? So at least they're both going to play a limited schedule, and that's good. No, that's good to hear yeah, as of fun. right now that that's, that that's still continuing. But as we know, things change rapidly, and hopefully they change for the positive this time and not the negative. Uh, but more info on that will be coming in the next uh, about 12 days. So, again, thanks, Coach Don, for joining us. Uh, have a good evening, and hopefully we can talk to you again real soon. Thanks for all you do. All right, so uh, that's pretty much the close of the show here, episode uh, 6-4, you know, the fourth episode of our sixth season. We're now officially five years old, Justin. I know that, that little milestone past uh, end of July, early August was when we rebooted the program and it's got crazy. started right before the uh, 2015 season. So I was looking for some old, un- old pictures the other day, unrelated to this show, but in scrolling through old pictures, I found pictures through the years of us on the sidelines or post game at a lot of games, man, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. You know, I started covering the team in like middle, late 2010. I think I actually started the, the Twitter account in, uh, in November of 2010. So I'm getting ready here to start my 11th year covering the team. And That's uh, crazy. this is our sixth year that we're embarking on. 
with the podcast and the show and it's uh it's kind of gotten bigger and i hope better every year it's been a lot of fun and we've had a <laughs> lot of support um in so a variety of ways from so many people and we very much appreciate it i know people are interested in and in relation to coaches closing thoughts there about the stadium and and spectators again i just want to make it perfectly clear that Obviously, that decision's not coming from the coaching staff. No. It is not coming from the athletic office, nor the administration or the school board. No. It is not coming from the LL League or District 3 or the PIAA. That is coming from the state of Pennsylvania, the governor's office, the Department of Health, the Department of Education, whoever oversees all those guidelines. That was implemented back when this all got announced in mid-June when they said... When you move to green, outdoor events are limited to 250 people. Right. You have to develop a health and safety extra for plan for your extracurricular activities. Uh, and that was that. Right. As things got closer to the season, people started wondering about spectators, especially when the PIAA said we're going, which they said twice, before things got shut down and delayed last week. But again, the decision as it stands to not allow spectators to watch fall sporting events or any sporting events for that matter is dictated by the governor's office. Right. And, and the state, the state right. agencies. Uh, I'm not trying to single anyone out or, uh, or anything. Right. Like, like, like Philadelphia has put the ban on things through February. Right. Through the, yeah, I think was at the end of February. I think right. The end of February. So like the Eagle Super Bowl parade is going to have to be the first week of March. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh, it's getting late. we got to end things. People getting delirious in here. Uh, so, yeah, that was just one thing I wanted to clear up. And, like, I trust me, I've heard th- both sides for everything related to sports and the pandemic and school and students and activities. Like, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I've been very active um, on Twitter to try to keep everyone updated on what's going on. And posting those to our social accounts. So make sure you're following Bulldog Hour and Wilson Bulldogs Football on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I try to keep that up to date. When I learn something new, I try to get that out to everyone. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, certainly ask them uh, to me or Justin. And uh, if we can't answer them, we will track them down for you or we will direct you to someone that can properly answer them. But yeah. I think we covered a lot of questions and information. Yeah, it was, to- it was good getting, getting answers uh, from from some of the people in the know. Yeah, so. I mean, you can't get much better when it comes to uh, sports medicine and health and safety than talking to your head athletic trainer. Right. And we appreciate Kiernan joining us and then getting information on how things are progressing with the football team by talking to the head coach. So yeah. thanks again to Doug Doms for spending time with us this evening. Um, yeah, um, we're going to try to have a show next week. So, uh, the fifth episode of our sixth season is tentatively scheduled for August 16th. I do know that there is a Wilson school district, uh, extracurricular meeting, uh, tomorrow, uh, during the day. So more information could be coming up from that. I mean, they're at the, you know, they're, they're listening to the PIAA, so it's not going to have anything to do with starting dates or anything like that. Um, I thought before the delay, one of the um, things being discussed is how are we going to let people watch our games? Like, if we play, how are people going to watch these if spectators aren't allowed? Because I know people have been wondering that. Uh, As I kind of alluded to when I was hyping up Small Player Big Play, Small Player Big Play, the app that sponsors our show, they are um, talking about the options. There are multiple options on the table. 
and they're going to uh, discuss that at the meeting tomorrow, or that was what was planned before things got delayed. There should be opportunities, as long as it can be done safely, to broadcast sporting events. Football's been done by Wilson Media Productions, the home games in the past. I've done the away games in the past. So there will be opportunities out there should that work out. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't and, know what. And for the record, that's not that's not your decision either. Like well, it has nothing to do with right. Me. That's not us. That's <laughs> no, not that us. Has, that, I mean, it has nothing. To Just do with to be me. clear, like I know we are, we and and you are the source for a lot of people's Wilson football information. That is not. We do not make the decisions on these things. No, I mean, I, 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 they know that I'm willing to do whatever I can, especially when it comes to the, those road games where it's tough to get people there. As long as we get the okay to do something from the host school, you know that I'll be all over it. Um, but they are working on it. that's the, that's the point of this this dialogue yeah. here at the end. The school is very aware that people want to watch these games, and this is not just football related. This is the opportunity to broadcast multiple athletic events if the platform. Um, and people adopting it uh, is out there. So if you're interested in in watching fall um, any scholastic events this year, any extracurricular activities, you know, let them know that. And you know, yeah. like say something to the, any of them that you know. Just say like, I would appreciate the opportunity to be able to watch these. Um, but as soon as I get more information, I will let everyone everyone know. So. Ooh, I think that's it. You got anything else? No, I'm, I'm, that's all I got. I mean, I, I know this is kind of like looping way back, but, um, like, like Kiernan kind of alluded to, you know, with, with Wilson's plan and, and all of those things, like they're doing the things that they can do. Right? The, the school is, the, the trainers are, the coaches are, the athletes are like, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. And, and you need that at a wide at a wide spread, you know, you need the people who can do what they, they need to do to actually do it. You know, whether that means, you know, not just making good decisions. We'll just leave it at that. Make, make, make good decisions. And that, that can help as much as it can help. Will it help enough? I don't know. But if you're doing what you're supposed to do, you don't have to worry about like, could I have done more? And that's, that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. And let's not place blame on anyone when no decisions have been made on a lot of things. Like blame doesn't help anyone. I know people are frustrated and disappointed and, you know, kind of waiting to hear what goes on, but let's just support everyone, support the, especially the student athletes are what's matters. Keep a perspective. I I read a great article today. um, And, I'd, I'd have to look it up specifically, but it was a writer in the Lehigh Valley and he just wrote like seven things to keep in mind. And like one of them was like, it, it was just a really good article and, and I'll try to get that to you or, yeah, you, you know, get that um, to me. but it, it just understanding what the situation is and just kind of trying to stay positive and do the things you can do. Yeah, so. absolutely. So uh, I think that, Pretty much wraps it up, but just one more time, I want to uh, thank May Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play for their support of the show. And um, let's let uh, let's let SP Big P B P say something one more time. There is a sports app just for you. Introducing Small Player Big Play app, the all sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. 
Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right. So for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening to episode 6-4 of the Bulldog Hour. And we'll be back on Sunday, August 16th for episode 5 of the sixth season. Thanks for listening, everyone. And have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.